yeah, get the land for free. You just pay the cost of the construction. Mm. Building more places, people are going into that, opening up other um, homes for people that are homeless or, well, or need another place to go. Going one, going twice, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod. All right, guys, welcome back to The Property Pod, your weekly engagement into real estate here in the Hobart and Tasmanian marketplace. It gives me great pleasure to be back on the mic mm. with the boys at the desk, real estate agents here at 414 Property Co., Patrick Berry and John McGregor. Boys, welcome I'm back. back. It's good to be back. Back, baby. It's good to be back. I was... <laughs> Thanks for uh, holding down the fort somewhat while I was away. Well, I was actually listening to your intro, as because I was excited to hear you back on the mic. Your weekly engagement, I think we have to say that loosely these days, because yeah. John and I didn't get too many episodes out while you were gone. Look, I was actually the, the really... The weekly intention. <laughs> it was fun being on the other side of the, uh, the fence and actually being an audience member and not being the guy that edited it, not being oh, the guy yeah. that kind of drove the conversation. It was really fun actually being on the other side. So the first two weeks, I was like... Oh man, like, you know, I've got a little bit of time on my hand being a, a fresh father of two. Yes, for anyone out there. Uh, new addition into the family was brought into uh, the world, Henry Ronald Horn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, six weeks old today. Um, but yeah, I was kind of, oh yeah, I've got to rock him to sleep. I'll listen to a podcast. I'll oh, listen to the boys. Yes. John has then come into the show and said, I promise next week I'm going to hit the buttons. <sighs> Do you know what I love straight off the bat about that, as is that. We can put Henry to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's how quality our show is yeah, that yeah. it puts newborn babies to sleep. Just those soothing tones of the voice. Award-winning and baby-rocking. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say I'd actually got him to sleep most mar- of the time. There's a new market there. Baby-rocking podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, ASMR. Like, yeah, listen to us talk property and fall asleep. <laughs> well, Marcus and Kirsten. <laughs> they do, you're right. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but there's proof in the pudding. No, look, it's um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed listening the two weeks uh, that at the start, and then you guys went and recorded that amazing episode last week with Chris, mm, absolute mm. cracker, yeah, mm. what a guy, yeah, it was just, it, it, he it was awesome that he reached out, and it, it was nice to sit and just have a listen to someone who's just it's oh, he's just discovered this obviously years down the road, and it's just become all consuming for him, so it's just. The passion that he brings behind it, and obviously with that comes all the study involved as well, which is really cool just to um, figure out where he's at and what he's doing with it. Yeah, well, talking about putting people to sleep with podcasts, like he definitely didn't fall asleep on the <laughs> yeah. job, just saying that, you know, he had the injury and then he went on to kind of be like, I got deep into podcasts. And actually, when he said the thing about making a little glossary of terms, I can't remember, did you call it microburbs or is there, yeah. is there a website? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd never heard of that. So I was like, oh. I'll write down a little glossary of terms. So I actually yeah, learned yeah. from Chris uh, straight away, went to that, and there you go. It's retained in my head. So thank you, Chris, for for that just as um, as a jumping off point. But, mm, yeah, mm. so passionate. And as he said, like he was in the hole 40 grand or something like that at some stage. And then so it's not like he's come from this place of entitlement and, and just being like, oh, here's everything on a silver platter. He's, mm. you know, worked and obviously a – <laughs> a well-researched and pragmatic guy who's yeah, yeah, yeah said yeah. I'll drive the seven hours a day. Yeah, it was an awesome episode. If you haven't listened, go back and listen to that one. Um, yeah, just another perspective of um, investment and, and how you can get into the property market. Well, I think what's exciting is uh, Chris seems pretty keen to become almost like an honorary fourth member of the team here at the podcast. So mm-hmm. I think you guys will start to hear a fair bit more of him over the coming months. I, I actually oh, really yeah. liked the idea when you said um, a super episode with him and Simon <laughs> Presley. Yeah. I was just like friends of the pod. Like imagine those two guys bounce. We, actually, we probably wouldn't have to talk. Like no, it, no. We'll just, we'll just let it go and walk oh, away. Like, like a takeover episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
No, look, shout out, as I said, anybody that hasn't listened, go back and check out last week's episode. Um, and if you want to see some funny button pressing, go back to the two before that. And, um, yeah. <laughs> look, I'm so glad I'm just back here sitting behind the microphone this week, as because your job's shit. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> Well, pay rise, baby, pay rise. <laughs> Bring it on. Um, so, yeah, we've, we're back in action. It's really good to be back. Let's um, jump into some property stuff today. I kind of – it was funny. Being away from real estate and being away from the offices, it's, it's kind of interesting just taking a step back and, and seeing how things are on, on the other side. A lot of the articles that were coming through while I was away and just kind of still pricking my ears was this kind of affordability, um, how people really want to get into homes and – we're in a lucky position where we bought our home at a, at a good time and, and, you know, the price of it now, like I wouldn't be able to afford getting into the market where I am yeah. um, if I was looking to buy now. So affordability mm. and trying to get, especially this podcast, we want first home buyers out there to, um, yeah, get a chance to get into a home. Um, it was just one of those problems where I was just like, well, how, how, do, how can we help people with this? How can we kind of talk around affordability and, and people trying to yeah. enter the market space? And look, it's a huge problem, not just here in Hobart, but right across Australia. Like my mum and dad came back from the Gold Coast last week and there's two hotels up there, brand new, never been lived in. So I think there's nearly four or 500 rooms sitting vacant up there. But yet there's so many people that haven't got a house to live in at the moment yeah. and all the news articles and all these people are out there saying, well, why can't they, you know, temporarily live in these hotels that are not actually operational and being used? Yeah, yeah. They're just giant accommodation towers that are doing nothing. Mm, and mm. so it's definitely a problem, I think, which is right across the country. And yeah, I mean, interesting to put some show notes together about some potential ideas the government could implement to, to help fix the problem. Yeah. And obviously like these aren't like um, hard and fast things that are definitely going to work. Like we can't get on our podcast and solve the affordability problem. We're not trying to um, say that in any way. But if you listen in ScoMo, we're here to help. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I think he's got his ukulele out. He's um, (laughs) he's busy just repping some April sun in Cuba. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Home ownership figures. Let's, let's talk about, I've got a stat here that in 1981, more than 60% of young Australians aged between 25 and 34. So just out of our age bracket, man, that's crazy. That's just out of us. We Mm. used to be right on the cusp of that 34. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, They owned a home. So the latest census figures show from 2016 that that's dropped to under 45%. So it's um, a drastic drop off people who have owned homes and it doesn't seem like it's getting any easier. Mm. If uh, anything, it's forward. probably getting harder to a degree. And that seems to be the reports that kind of pricked my ears into this. It was, it seems to be a tricky, tricky thing to be able to get into the market, especially with prices rising. They don't seem to be slowing from everything we've heard. Things are still going to keep going up. So how can you get into the market? Mm, mm. Well, then I guess the, and that's where I'd be, it's interesting. I think, I remember looking at this uh, little snippet of an article that said, you know, housing affordability, like decade, like in the 50s, 40s or something. So it's not like it's ever, it's not ever been a consistent talking point. Um, But that element now where it's showing that that gap of actual home ownership is getting further and further and further away for first home buyers, Mm. that definitely is concerning because the, um, you know, the the access on that and the trend of um, what that means for new people, for young people, certainly is not good. You know, yeah. Obviously, it's going to be harder. And look, it's just not the co- the cost of houses increasing. It's the fees that come along with buying the home as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of purchases, we've talked about it before, stamp duty, people forget that that's a fee that they have to pay when they buy a house. Oh, indeed. And 3.8%. it's worked out on how expensive the home is. Mm. So as the homes get more expensive, 
stamp duty gets more expensive. Yeah, absolutely. And so once you might have been paying you know ten thousand dollars stamp duty for most homes in Glenorchy now, you're probably up to fifteen or twenty thousand to be able to yep. secure a home on top of the purchase price, exactly. Which is a huge chunk out of your deposit or like again in this or in getting under your eighty percent LVRs mm, with yeah. your, to avoid mortgage insurance is near impossible these days. Mm, mm. Yeah, so you know you can if you're lucky you can withdraw from the bank of mum and dad if if they're around to help or you've got someone to help back you, but if not, you're there. Again, it's, and as we've said, it's that spreading that time of where, oh, yeah, I've hit my mark where my deposit should be. Oh, no, I still need another 15 grand. So that's another year on top of um, my savings, which then the prices may have jacked up again. And so you're always chasing that. Mm. Um, yeah, you're chasing your tail. Yeah. Absolutely. And for a lot of first-home buyers, I don't even think they realise that stamp duty exists. So they I get no all idea excited. About it. Yep. They're like, they use the online calculator on one of the bank's websites and it says, I earn this much money, so therefore I can borrow X. Mm. And then they go and check what the repayment's on there. They're like, yep, I can handle that. Yeah. They get all excited on realestate.com and first time they go to visit an open home, the agent says, you know, have you been pre-approved? Uh, no. Mm. So we send them down that journey and then they get hit with this, yeah, this $20,000 fee or $15,000 fee that they had no idea yep. that – they even needed to account for. And then all of a sudden that dream of owning the home just seems oh, impossible. Yeah. Well, and then, yeah, it pushed you back further. And so, yeah, this, this idea of the younger or the poorer um, side of society are kind of, yeah, getting left behind and how can we um, move forward and help them get into the property market. So there's two kind of proposals that we saw come up in the news. I think ABC News, I found two articles one was the federal government sharehouse scheme. I thought maybe John or Pat, you guys could um, mm. take the lead and, and kind of go into what that is. And then there was another one that was kind of a, a model from Singapore that an economist maybe put forward. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, uh, the, 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 you go first. Well, the sharehouse scheme had actually already happened quite a lot in Tasmania. Um, okay. So the Tassie leading the way. That's it, where the, effectively the government would um, go into 30% ownership of the property um, often where they'll build the build the homes, it's eligible only to first-home buyers exclusively and they have to live within that house for a certain amount of time. And, yep. just, and then if they're ever to sell the home, they have to pay back that which was invested from the government. So with the 30%, let's just say at the time, we had a large development at Chigle um, once before on the site of an old school um, and the, pro- the prices at the time I think were around about, say, 260, 280000 and so the, the government would front 30% of that, which ends up being that you'd own maybe $180,000 of this property. Yep. Um, then as those values increased, so did the value for both the, per, the, the, the homeowner and the government share as well. And so um, if – I think at the time you had to put – actually, that's right. They do contribute 50 grand. But if there was a profit ever to be made on the sale – the profit belongs to both the owner and the government. So you end up being a co-owner with the government. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So on the title, it's, you know, your name plus the housing, housing Tasmania that's or yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And um, that's exactly right. As the house went up in value, the government got their share of the profit and loss as well. But if the house mm. went down in value... I was going to say, so yeah, what happens with loss? Mm. Yeah, same thing. Mm. Government yep. took the loss, took okay. the hit. You don't have to pay them back. Yep. It's all mm. part of the, the risk involved in the scheme. You're sure. Um, and that's exactly what this um, Brendan Coates from the Grattan Institute is proposing for an Australia-wide scheme. Yep. Mm. He's suggesting what actually Tasmania's been doing for quite some time now. Yeah, yeah, because you're still doing the same with um, uh, was it the Centre Care Evolve program. It effectively mm. still functions the same way, doesn't it, mate? Yeah, pretty much. So it's all mm. about first-time ownership. There's a few less people involved 
in that scenario. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, the key th- thing here is is that by the government pitching in thirty percent on this scheme, it means that you know if a purchaser's got enough for the stamp duty component, the government put the thirty percent for the actual purchase price in. Mm-hmm. Then they're only borrowing seventy percent of the price of the property, yep. and then they can avoid mortgage insurance and the extra fees that come along with that, mm. and it puts them in a safer position. From a lending perspective as well, so it means that if you know something did go wrong and it had to be sold, or you know you did go bankrupt, um, the bank feels better about it because you know they've got thirty percent of the house paid for. Mm. So, so all it, the risk is taken by the government in this scenario. Yeah, and so just with this one that's running in Tassie and the the proposal, what happens with the interest on? Is there interest on that thirty percent that the government? No, no. So that's kind mm. of another yeah windfall that you kind of get in front of. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. yeah, your monthlies become cheaper. Yeah, because you're not borrowing 100. percent You're exactly. only borrowing less money. Yeah, so you're not paying as much interest and as much repayments each month. I think what's interesting about those two is that the um, obviously it's it's limited to a certain selection of people. So I look at that as that's reduced competition as well for those people that are looking to get into it. Yeah, for to, sure. Not to say that's a good or a bad thing, but. Where the, uh, often the real challenge um, is, and that's where they will argue against um, negative gearing, for example, is that um, by, with that application, with that option, investors have a distinct advantage against first-time buyers when it comes to purchasing. Of course. And so by these schemes, like they're just putting a nice little blanket over here, it's like this is where you guys um, can be and compete without the rest of the influence of the market. So like coming in and just completely beating your... Um, out of you know, completely taking it out of the run. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like showing up at like a tennis court and like the club pros, just like I'm just gonna just whoop you. I'm yeah. gonna clean the floor with you and like yeah. sucked in. That's like yeah. There's no way of like working your way up to. It's like me going to compete in the Australian Open, basically. Mm. Just being like oh, I, I'm expecting to win, but I've got to play Rafael and Darlin. And, <laughs> and just it doesn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Um, well, the I know there was um, you know, a friend of mine had recently sold his house out of the scheme that he'd got into with that same jiggle development some time ago, and it's worked out really well for him. Um, oh, okay, so you actually have real world um, kind of an example of this, like someone you knows. There was a few few people that I know bought okay. into that same that yep. same development, um, and at the time, the I think it was about fifty grand or so that they um, were contributing to those um, houses. So there's none of them were able to afford a house otherwise, except to, aside from getting into that scheme. Yep. Um, and he lived in there for several years. Eventually, to you know, converted into an investment property, um, and you know that's that's since sold. And you know he's got another prop. He's got another property now. Another friend of mine, she she was well into her forties at the time, and she'd never owned a home. And then because of that scheme, was able to get into that um, development as yeah, well. Yeah, cool. Um, so it's the same because she'd been a single mother, like for, for most of – she'd been a single mum, so had never been able to get a, establish herself financially well enough to build that giant deposit that people need. Yeah. So by that deposit being taken care of, she could then absolutely afford the repayments. But it's always that initial outlay that seems to be the biggest challenge for, for first-time buyers. I have also sold a couple of, of these homes for a few people, and it has made me laugh at different times because it – you know, if the time comes to sell and then they're gently reminded that the government owns 30% of the house because yes. they don't see it that way. Mm. And then when the profit gets figured out and the government gets to take 30% of the profit, I have had a few owners that are whinging and complaining, oh, the government's taking all our money. I'm yeah. like, well, you know. The only reason why you got into You only got into the house because yeah. they helped you to begin with yeah. and you signed the deal saying that you agreed to pay them 30% of any profit. So, mm. you know. it's a, it's. I guess it feels like a hard pill to swallow, but yeah, it's... 
it's you've got your leg up and you just have to mm. remember that your little ladder that got you there hey. is is helpful and it's it's that really tricky part well, of kind of I wouldn't be here without it, so I need to remember that it's well we just yeah, exactly right. Let's say there's a hundred thousand dollar profit. You're walking away with seventy, the government gets an extra thirty. Well, that's seventy you never have. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it, we need it, to remember that. It really is interesting where our, our moral high horse, I suppose, can quickly disappear the second that money's involved. You know, it's like, oh, there would be, you know, um, it's so important that I got this and it's really great. And then right at the other end, it's like, now they've got money that's coming in the back end. It's like, oh, I can't believe I've got to pay all that back. Just mm. completely forgot about the gift that was passed on initially. Yeah. So, look, we've been talking about how it is set in Tasmania at the moment and mm. has been up and running. Uh, this particular person is su- suggesting that it becomes a federal scheme and goes Australia-wide. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has put a couple of limitations on it. that The purchaser has to have at least a 5% deposit to put towards the government's 35, 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they have to be earning incomes below 60000 if you're a single or 90000 if you are combined. Mm. So he's also stipulating that, you know, it's designed to help people get into the marketplace that would struggle in other means. Yes. So, yes. which, you know, that's good in some ways, um, but I would have thought 60, 90 in today's marketplace, 90 for a combined. Yeah, Is well, anyone going to actually be able to afford to buy a house on well, a combined like income the, of 90 at the moment? The way rental prices mm. are as well, it's kind of hard, like, because you're – like I know people paying more on their their rent than I am on a mortgage sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a tricky. Well, yeah. and I guess it always comes down to the way that they do the the means testing, which is twenty five to thirty five twenty five to thirty percent of your income. So ultimately, if the mortgage repayments exceed that their their, their means test, well then it, it, it isn't an option anyway. Um, and that obviously it's a diff- difficult number to massage through because um, that depending upon the area will obviously. Um, change again you know yeah. sixty thousand dollars in one area is worth a lot less than sixty thousand dollars in another exactly i can't imagine like a melbourne suburb even those outer suburbs that are you know an hour out of the city that people commute to mm-hmm. you know that even still working on that scenario it's probably still too expensive yeah well, so I- it's probably more your regional towns that this is currently aimed towards um sort of yeah but you know potential areas that mm. do need that population increase yeah. I, I guess you know, I just I just think that it is interesting uh, concept in the sense that um, it is exclusively to first home buyers only. So it's just one little one bracket that um, are competing against each other and not against the the wider market. Yeah, um, which I think is an interesting idea. Well, I think that's a perfect point to pivot across to the next scheme. Mm. Yeah. So this one's the um, this one's a Sydney economist um, Cameron Murray recently put forward um, a proposal. He he called it Housemate. It's got a cool catchy name. Um, <laughs> it's loosely modelled on the Singapore's Housing Development Board um, program, which houses more than four in five of the city's city state residents. So, which straight off the bat, that's crazy. That's heaps. That's it's, like mm. yeah. So it's eight out of every ten houses are done in Singapore by the HDP. So the Singapore Housing Development Board, which is a massive amount of property that the government's involved with well, over there. Well, I suppose too, like they're all giant sky rises. Yeah, well, yeah there's no land. Mm. Like it's just like yeah, an yeah. island. Like this, yeah. So it's mm. just got to be like where well, there's well, no land, so we've got to go up. Just got to go up. And yeah. Like the, the you know it's owned by the country. Like we go up. Yeah. Mm. So what makes this scheme interesting and how it works in Singapore is that the um, Singaporean people so the owners of the property, actually dip into their uh, version of superannuation that we have here in Australia Mm. to be able to afford the deposit and also part of the repayments. Mm. So they are 
like it allows them to get into the marketplace by using some of their super that they already have saved. Mm. So the argument, I guess, is is that you know you've got all this super money tied up sitting in an account. Is it better to use some of that today to get into the market to better your financial position later when you retire? Yeah. Versus leaving versus it there waiting until you you're there and you mm. actually haven't earned any. Like mm. you, yeah. Like mm-hmm. with the way property prices continue to rise, you've got opportunities there to make more value out of that super than it just sitting in an account until you're you know 70 or something. and living rough until you get to that 70 and then mm. be like oh, i've had a pretty rough life yeah to get to this super and now i can't even actually enjoy it with my own home yeah because I'm, I'm paying a stupid amount of money in rent yeah, yeah. Mm. so um yeah cameron is suggesting that potentially here in australia we could develop a similar style scheme where mm. it helps people that are disadvantaged or not in a position to be able to buy a house traditionally use some of that equity that they have in their super to be able to get a foot in the door into the marketplace. Well, and this, this was an interesting point too, is that they would also have to live in the home for at least seven years. And after that, they could either sell it to another person elig- eligible for the housemate scheme or pay a 15% premium back to the government because you're going to sell it to someone else. Um, so it's always, it's trying to um, you know keep someone within the cycle in that sense so you will get the benefit of capital gain. Mm. Um is sort of the way I suppose you could look, look at it from that yeah. changeover element. And look, the other things that um, form part of it, so in Singapore they do it on reclaimed land, so that's where, you know, you pump sand and dirt into the ocean and you make yeah. your country larger from land that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way they're suggesting it here is that the government uses some of their surplus land that is still owned by, by them mm-hmm. and almost give it to the country or to the people for free to mm-hmm. be able to get in. Um, it also proposes that um, having a, an incredibly low interest rate um, finance of only 1.1% mm. to to cover the mortgage repayments to make it incredibly cheap. So I guess what they're trying to do is make it, like you just described, John, almost cheaper to own the home than it is to rent in the current marketplace. So, mm-hmm. um, And that way they can get a lot of people out of the rental and the housing department projects yep. into home ownership where they can actually start to create wealth well, I guess more homes for the more people that kind of I, – I, it sounds crazy to compare Singapore to Australia, but like land size-wise, we have mm. land everywhere. Like mm. we're spoilt for land, but we should be spoilt for um, for dwellings. Like there should be ways of – actually, I was going to talk – next week we might cover off on kind of – we've spoken about medium density dwelling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There was an email that came through recently about um, – Yeah, from the Glenocky Council. It would be a good topic to flow to next week. Yeah, I reckon mm-hmm. kind of going from there because speaking of kind of where can we – like building up, Singapore's building up, like is that something that needs to be done here? Mm. Um, but, yeah, there's plenty of land here. So I guess that urban sprawl might have to kind of um, grow out. But mm. – like essentially like reading this um, thing here, it's kind of saying, yeah, get the land for free. You just pay the cost of the construction, mm. building more places. People are going into that, opening up other um, homes for people that are homeless or, well, or need another place to go. You know, you're going to have some people out there say, well, why should someone get land for free? Mm. Well, the government's going to build a property on that land anyway and then put people into social housing where they don't pay a huge amount of rent anyway. Yeah. Is it better to give that land away to somebody and then that creates generational wealth for that family and that because you know eventually you know someone is going to pass away that wealth that's been created gets passed back down through and is that a better option than just having a continuous cycle of, of social housing yeah i it's it, I, I don't even have an answer to that mm. really it's um, it's definitely an interesting mm. concept that's for sure 
Yeah, I, I know the like at the end it says the expected problems always is that availability of land, and I suppose, well, like you said with the Singapore example, it's reclaimed land. So even from a private um, funding element, it probably never happened. So that com- that combined investment from creating something that doesn't even exist is very different than having to reclaim, like you know, either take over space or repurpose the space that may not even need to be used for. Um, as in the first place, that's obviously a real distinct problem from Australia. And I guess the other thing too, um, where, well, I suppose like we just touched on, we'll talk about next week, is that the um, the urban design of Australia is probably not in current with what Australia now needs in the future. So that consistent separa- separation, single dwelling, urban sprawl just does not, not suit the future. And so it really has to have that reimagining before any project like this would start. Mm. Which I'm excited because like as, as Aaron has mentioned, um, Glenorchy Council has got some thoughts around that. Yeah. And I think it's yeah, going to yeah. be a great episode for us to pivot to next week, potentially mm. talk about. Yeah. Well, look, I've had a great time being back in the studio. It's been really fun. I think I've got the buttons pretty much down pat here, Pat. So yeah. I don't know what you're woop talking woop. about. It's not that hard. It's, I, I, um, I just always think it'd be, it'd be cool if it was a, like a Nintendo Power Glove. So you could just sit there and. Oh, imagine you know, just being r- like, rather than having you, to you, use your you. thumb, you just, you just be like, you know, that <laughs> one a particular camera is connected to a particular finger. That sounds kind of like Minority Report as well. Kind yeah. of like I'll swipe to John and swipe yeah. to over here. <laughs> no, look, boys, it's great to be back. Well done holding down the fort while I was away. I think um, last week's episode with Chris was one of my favourites. As I said, mm. if you um, haven't listened, go back and do it. I'll keep spruiking that one because it is a cracker. Um, awesome to be back. Um, thanks for... Thanks for being back in here and we'll be yeah. back next week with yeah another cracking episode of The Property Pod. Awesome. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Code. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.